beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Let's look at Psalms 34. We'll read from verse 7 to 10. let's read together one to go it says the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them oh taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man that trusteth in him oh fear the Lord ye his saints for there is none but there is no want to them that fear him. Can we read together, everybody? Amen. All right. No, verse 9. It says what? Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing is is that your life all right let's so let's read it again consciously all the way from verse 7 amen all right it says the angel of the lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them oh taste and see that the lord is good Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Wow. Is this your life? Glory, hallelujah. Spirit of living God, thank you for your love. We receive your word with joy and gladness. Our hearts are open to receive from you. In Jesus' holy name we declare, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. All right. So this morning, we'll have the second to the last installation for transferring trust and this episode title is trust fund baby <laughs> tfb trust fund baby okay so um these teachings or these series of teachings have been coming to us because God is interested in giving you things to trust. Um, the idea would be that after God has spoken, 
um, if people will not take him at his word, it won't be his fault. Amen? There is no doubt that, you know, there, there, are, there are pains, there are struggles, there are lack, there are all of those things. There's no doubt about that at all. But you see, to speak to you on the level of your doubts is to not love you. I have to speak up to you. Amen? Amen. If God wanted to have a pity party, he would just come to mankind and say, Hey, yeah, so you are in sin. So you are falling. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Let's cry together. We're in this together. You understand what I'm saying? Let's just sob together. Let's weep together. Hey, yeah. So man is truly falling. Oh, why did you fall? How did it happen? Yeah, let's cry. No matter how much tears God were to cry with you, it wouldn't help the situation. He's got to do something about it. Say amen. amen. He's got to do something definite about the situation. And that's what he has done. So listen, let me, let me say this to you. No matter what you are going through, Never always look out for empathy and, you know, pity only. Always look out for the word to hold, something to hold that paints a bigger picture for you that is different from where you are. And we say amen. amen. Because if all you do is just cry and be pitiful, listen, anybody can do that. But the power being discussed here is the power to pull you out of the circumstance. Not just to cry with you. To pull you out of the circumstance. To paint new pictures for you. So, so what if I could come and cry with you and you don't see how you're going to make it tomorrow? And then you don't see any hope next year? My, my tears with you is a waste. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there has to be a system that not only pities you, but pulls you out. There has to be a system that not only empathizes with you, but shows you who you are despite the circumstance. Shows you who you are and what is available to you despite the situation that you're in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's what the word of God is sent to do. The word of God is sent... To paint new pictures in the heart of the downtrodden. No matter how dark the circumstance is, you must be available to receive new pictures. Can we say amen? Amen. Long be now, here's the other thing I need to announce to you. A day before the change happens, things might still look the same. Yes, sir. One hour before your life changes, it might still look the same. To measure the quality of your life, on the basis of where you are now, is to be jeopardizing yourself, is to be shooting yourself in the foot. You know, a second before David was anointed to be king, he was a shepherd boy. Did you, did you ever think about that? That the Bible says, even when they came to 
anoint, they didn't even give him a chance. It was a shepherd boy smelling of sheep at the back. One second ago, he was just a, an ordinary, regular shepherd boy. The next second, he was being anointed king of Israel. <laughs> you don't get it. He was being anointed king of Israel to measure the effectiveness of your life based on where you think you are now. Or let me put it like this. To measure the weight of God's promises on, on your life based on where you think you are now is to be shooting yourself in the foot. Long before things changes, you might look the same. Now, listen, the agency with which God brings about that change is his word. Just imagine David now in front of the prophet Samuel. And then he's about to be anointed king. And he says, no. He removes himself. And they say, why? He said, I've suffered too much. I suffered a lot. The suffering has been too much. Where were you when I was suffering? <laughs> you know, if you look at that situation, you'd be like, this is stupidity of the highest order. One second ago, you are a shepherd boy. The next second, you are king. The agency is God spoke. Yes, yes. If God never spoke, David would not have sat on the throne. Turn to your neighbor and say, never you underestimate the word of God. Tell them, say, look at them and say, no matter where you are in your life, never you underestimate the word of God. Look at them and say, no matter what's going on in your life, never you underestimate the word of God. The word of God is the agency for change. Glory, hallelujah. All right, so trust fund baby is the conversation for this morning. Now, the idea about this episode is that God wants you to trust him. Now, listen to me. God has made a trust available to you. And that trust is important that you understand this trust. That God has made available this trust to you. Now, the other thing I need to explain to you, which I have tried times, is that God did not leave you on this earth without aid. Yes, sir. I call it being sponsored by the Spirit. Yes. Listen, it will not matter what you don't have if you're being sponsored. Let me say that again. It will not matter what you don't have in this life if you are on scholarship. <laughs> Nobody is going to ask what you don't have if you're being sponsored. Amen? So another um, title for this teaching is Sponsored by the Spirit or Spirit Sponsorship. Say amen. amen. All right. So the first thing I need you to realize is that you are God's baby. You are God's child. You are God's baby. You, are, you were created to be cared for. You were created to be loved. 
You know, because of how battered people have been in life, they, they don't seem to understand this. You know, one of the things that I see that people live a lot with is an orphan spirit. Yes, people live with an orphan spirit as though they have no body. You know, they look around and it's true. You might look around and not see anybody. If you will begin to live like you have a heavenly father who cares for you, eh? okay. the first thing that would happen is that your thinking will begin to change. Listen, I'm going into what I have for you. A man's life cannot be improved any better than his thoughts. A man's life, the quality of a man's life can never be improved any better than the quality of his thoughts. So if God wants to improve your life, he first gives you thoughts to think. God doesn't improve your life by giving you money. He does not deal in money. God deals in words. Words are money where we come from. Words are currency with which we transact businesses. God doesn't throw He gives you words. He first changes your thinking before he changes your life. And if you're unwilling to change the way you think and you say, this is how I've been, this is how I've just been, this is how my life has been, so be your life. <laughs> so be it. I'm telling you, long before anything starts to change in your life, your thinking must change. So the idea of a trust fund baby, how many of you have ever heard that terminology before? Let me see your hands up. Ever heard that? Okay. So the idea of a trust fund baby is a privileged and wealthy individual because all their expenses are paid for by their father. I want you to pay attention to that thought. It's a privileged and wealthy individual because all their expenses are paid for by their father. So we can put it like this, that the trust fund baby is a privileged and wealthy person, or put it like this, we are privileged and wealthy because all our expenses are paid for by our Heavenly Father. Now, I think one of the things that you need to realize is that when it comes to how God helps me to teach people is to use things that you can see in the world around you to sort of draw an analogy or to sort of draw a pattern as to how God thinks about you. Because I dare say to you that most of the concepts in this world are copied. They are copied from your heavenly father, including the meaning of certain terminologies. They actually pick up our father's words and mind and use them. They don't give him the credit, obviously, because they don't know him. But you get to engage these conversations from a place of knowing him. And that's the difference. So the trust fund baby is somebody who is privileged and wealthy. Because all their expense has been paid for by their father. The other thing you're going to notice is that this terminology has ne more negative connotation than positive. And the negative connotation is the idea that people, um, it suggests that people are born with a silver spoon. And then as a result, they tend to be lazy they tend to not be willing to work. They tend to not be willing to do anything. 
Now, you know, people are born with silver spoon and they are overly privileged and pampered. And if nothing has happened to you that has damaged your thoughts, what is wrong with a silver spoon? I'm talking straight. I'm not talking to you. Don't worry. No, no, no. So if nothing, you know, there are many times it has happened that I'm driving and I just notice that somebody is angry. I meet somebody on, on the road. I meet a police officer on the road. And I notice he's angry. Why are you angry? I didn't put you under the sun. I'm not responsible for where you are. Why are you angry at me? And you notice that they're angry that you're driving a car. And many times if you're young, they're angrier. Yeah. That you are young and successful and driving a car. When me, my old age, I'm under this sun. Who took your spoon? <laughs> Who took your spoon? Certainly not me. I didn't steal from you. I didn't steal from you. The question I want to ask you is, why are you beefing the guy who is privileged? Why are you beefing him? Why are you beefing her? What has she done to you? She's done nothing other than have. And guess what? She didn't take from you. She didn't steal your stuff. The last time I checked, none of your things is missing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Your stuff is intact. There's nothing wrong with being privileged. If all of us have not been, not you, Amen. Amen. If some people have not been damaged by the world they've lived in, a silver spoon is a pretty good thing. Yes. Oh, say amen. <laughs> so the idea of a trust fund is that a father, and this is scriptural too. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. It's a noble thing. I'm telling you what men do. So that when I start to show you God, you will not, you'll be easy to accept. In evil, know how to give. Give, thank God in Christ, we are not evil. Amen. He says, How much more with your heavenly father? So the Bible says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You see, because the idea is this pay attention to this. The idea is this if you have lived life to a certain point and crossed certain hurdles, amen, you should be responsible enough to ensure your children don't go through the same stuff. Amen. Amen. Say, somebody's child. Yes, sir. Wait, wait, wait. Are you somebody's child? Yes, sir. No, you are not answering me. What is going on? Are you someone's child? Yes, sir. Okay. Your origin, is it of earth or of heaven? Of heaven. There's a trust fund that the Father has made available for you Hallelujah. in Christ Jesus. If he put it in scripture, then it is there for a reason. That a good man, God is better than a good man. Oh, he says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. God is not just a good man. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying. He's better. His profile is greater than that of a good man. <laughs> Listen, God is not struggling with goodness. I guess what I'm saying. God is not on his he's not, he's not struggling to be good. God is not. God does not have a dual personality. Should I be good? Should I be bad to them? Okay, now, they are, now they've annoyed me. Should I be bad to them? God is better than a good man. 
If he tells you a good man leaves an inheritance, it's a benchmark conversation. It means, don't expect me to go beneath this. You know, benchmark means like, this is it. Now, I am better than a good man. If a good man can leave an inheritance for his children's children, how much more me? And it's a matter of legacy. So hear and hear me real good. There is the concept and, I, and the idea that God did not put people on earth without making plans for them. And that plan is in redemption. Shout amen, everybody. Amen. You know, as, as I was preparing and studying and researching and all of that, I just said, why, why, why is the world so angry? You know, so there's a concept that people are on their grind, grinding away and all of that. And then you see this person who never has to work one more day in their life and everything is well paid for and so that they never have to work, all right? And you are just angry. You're just angry. Why are you angry? You understand? That person did not put you where you are. Amen. Now listen to this. The reason why God has a trust fund for his children is because you are here on a purpose. Heaven sent you to earth on God's mission. To accomplish that mission, you have to be funded. Jesus. How many of you are here on God's assignment? You see, let me tell you. Many of you have not realized why it is important to align yourself with God's program. You've not realized it. You think it's a church thing. You think it's a pastor who just wants people to be committed. There are, more, there are deeper implications of alignment than just pastoring and members and obeying your pastor and all of that. When you understand that funding is for purpose, then you will align with the purpose so that you can be funded. Yes. <laughs> Except you are irresponsible. The moment you send somebody on an assignment, you aid them. Yes, sir. Uh, how many of you have rich anti-vibes here? Let me see your hands up. Rich anti-vibes. You have that two-year-old nephew or three-year-old nephew or five-year-old or 16-year-old nephew that you send on an assignment or that you send on an errand. You, you, won't you be wicked if you don't give them transport money? Transport. Hey, church, talk to me. Won't you be wicked if you don't give them transport money? God doesn't just give you transport money. Do you understand? It's proper funding. Aided living. I guess what I'm saying. Fully funded living. But the first thing that must align so that you don't continue to struggle is that you are here on an assignment. Um, Paul said something. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. In other words, my assignment here is to live for Christ. If I die, it's my game. Hello? He didn't say if I die, it's the Lord's game. No. Oh, boy. Ah. Oh, boy. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Your death is not the Lord's game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Your death is not the Lord's gain. Heaven has gained one. No. You gained, not God. God didn't gain nothing. You gained, not God. 
God's gain is that you stay here and advance his course. That's when he gains. Ooh. Oh, these guys, y'all are, you all are, you all didn't come to service today. Shake off, shake off, amen. You gain when you check out early. You gain. You're supposed to do 90 years, you do 25. That's your gain. Heaven gains when you stay and advance his cause. And advance the cause of Christ. So that, let me tell you, if heaven was to gain after you got saved, you just, as soon as you say, Lord, I receive your life. You just send an angel. Finish him. <laughs> and you're off. But no, it is your gain. But heaven gains when you remain and further the cause. Now, how will you further the cause if you're not funded? Take your eyes off trying. The problem, the reason why many people are having issues is because they are the ones on their own sponsorship. You're on your own scholarship. You are the one responsible. Have you ever heard somebody say, nobody's helping me. I'm the one doing everything by myself. I'm the one doing it. I'm the one doing that. Ever said that before? Uh -huh. Just be smiling like that. What if you change that confession and say, I'm funded by God. Yes. God yes. is my source. Yes. He always helps me. He always aids me. Can you shout amen? amen? Now, don't keep your face as if what I'm saying, you don't need it, yo. So that you will not be begging for urgent 2K on Twitter. Because, you know, when you start talking about some of these things, people act as though they are too prim and proper. It's not for me, you know. I'm, I'm just Holy Ghost filled. All I do every Sunday and Monday and Tuesday when I, is just pray in tongues for 18 hours. I don't have what food me, eat food me, never. Uh, you know, go to the mall, never, never. My dear, <laughs> my dear, let it settle in your mind right now. That if you are here on purpose, and you know, I can tell you for a fact by many people's behavior, it has not set sat in their minds that they are here on God's assignment. Mm -hmm. I can tell. But once it sits in your mind that God sent you, my dear, understand though that you should believe everything you need to believe about this sponsorship and money. Otherwise, you have a big head full of, of, of visions and zero in your account to push it. Because that's the most frustrating life. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, my dear, say this with me. The Father funds me. The Father funds me. Say I'm on scholarship. I'm on scholarship. Say, it, say it out loud with your mouth. Say I'm on heaven scholarship. I am on heaven scholarship. So let's show you some ideas now. So, first question, why should this concept be a negative concept? It shouldn't be. The idea of people having a trust fund should not be a negative concept. What problem do you have with a silver spoon? Don't have any problem. It's a spoon. It's a spoon. People use it to eat. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse 7. And let me use my remaining time to establish these thoughts. Do you understand the concepts? Yes, Amen? All right. Let's read out loud together. One, two, go. Casting all your care upon him, for 
Some of you didn't read. Let's read together, everybody. Want to go? Casting all your care upon me, for he careth for you. So this is another way of saying there's a trust fund for you. Put the weight of your vision on it. Now listen to me. The idea of a trust fund is that a mother or a parent sits back, analyzes all that their kids will need, and then lays up, don't forget that word because I'm going to use it, sets aside or lays up a trust for them such that that trust will fund whatever their needs are. Amen? Now, this frees this guy from thinking about mundane things, how will rent be paid, how will this be paid, how will that be paid, and just focus on doing purposeful things. That's why people who are trust-funded don't bother to work your regular nine-to-fives. Instead, they do projects. They carry out, thank you, passion-driven things, projects, you know. So you will not see them working on any employment and all of that. But you will see them, you know, in Sudan, building a well somewhere, you know, in... (laughs) You understand? And, you know, let me tell you how... Not you, amen. Amen. Let me tell you how depraved some people have become. Like, look at this one. Oh, yeah, just doing. He's just traveling around and just building wells. And just, uh, they are the ones solving the real problems of this world. You, you are solving the problem of your employer. They, they are solving global problems. You are not even solving your own problems. Because at the end of the day, many times, what they pay you is not even enough. So here's how it works. Something must liberate you to live on that bigger level where you're no longer thinking about, uh, ah, credit money, ah, this one money. You know, let me tell you some people's, and the power of God is upon this that I'm saying. Let me tell you some people's testimony. The money came and it was just enough to meet that need. Okay, after that, you are moving from miracle break, you know, just enough testimony to just enough testimony. When will you live in overflow? As it has, we have finished project, we have finished everything, everything has ended, and there is still like a billion left. Say amen. 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 Now, here's the other reason why you must listen to it. You know, when I come, I don't tell you old wives' fables, I teach you God's word, I bring the word of God to you. Now, if you listen to the governments of nations, they are always talking recession and scarcity. Yes. All governments have been set up to tell you there is no money. Yes. That they give you the impression. It's a pseudo impression. While they are stealing, especially African governments, while they are stealing the money from behind, they give you the impression that you should live without. Can you imagine a government telling you sacrifice? Why they are not? They tell you bear with us. It's going to there. Why? They are, but they are not. They are distributing money to themselves. But they give you the impression. Let me tell you, the flip is the case. When God starts to speak to you, he gives you the impression that under my own government, there's abundance. So here's the idea. People who have lived under the impression of earthly governments and the things they've made you to believe, they struggle when they start hearing God speak. God is not in a recession. Turn to your neighbor, tell them. Tell them strongly. Say, tell, say to them, say, I prophesy to you. God is not in a recession. And you shout amen, somebody. 
So it says, casting all your care upon him. Throw the weight of your care on this trust fund. And maybe some earthly trust funds can deplete. Mm. Because I've heard people who won the lottery go from a billion to broke. They go bankrupt. But God's trust fund does not finish. It's inexhaustible. So what if you took the weight of the things that you, are, that you want to see in your life and just cast it? Sounds like a trust fund. Amen. Amen. Psalms chapter number 55 and verse 22. Let's read together one to go. It says, cast your body upon the Lord, and he shall what? Sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Is that you? You know, one of the things that I need you all to learn to do is not to relate with the word of God like it's an old book. It has nothing to do with my life. You know, you know, people hear the word of God, then they finish. Not being encouraged, they come out and say, let's face reality. People come to church on Sunday to be injected with dopamine. They get high on Sunday. Woo! By Monday, they say, Pastor, you are not living in my house. You don't understand what's going on. Even the pastor who teaches you God's word stays on that level. Confessing that I am lacking nothing. Say amen. amen. Did I write this? Say, cast what? Your burden upon the Lord. And he shall what? He shall sustain you. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So write this down first. Have you taken a close look at the gospel with redemptive eyes? If you take a close look at the gospel with redemptive eyes, it looks like a trust fund. <laughs> that somebody died, was buried, rose again, and made a payment upon which or out of which you are supposed to live your life. There is, an, there, there is a truckload of supply of his righteousness. Yes, and you're supposed to live every day with the consciousness of his righteousness. Can we say amen? amen? So if you look closely at the gospel, it looks like a trust fund. Something that was laid up. Jesus died, buried, rose again. Laid up. Now listen, when he did this, it wasn't a trust fund he was going to use. Jesus never needed the forgiveness of sins. Yes. You did. Yes. Parents who live, if you, if you raise a trust fund for your children and go and start to touch it, say quick, urgent, urgent emergency, you're going to start to touch it. I guess what I'm saying? You, you, something is wrong with you. Stop it. Or let me quickly use it. I'll replace it later. Stop that. It's a trust for you. Where you put it, you set it aside. Sometimes they have passcodes for it and all of that. It's in a safe. You can't touch it. You understand what I'm saying? God gave us a trust in Christ he didn't need. Amen. Amen. Jesus never needed the forgiveness of sins. He never needed to be righteous. He never needed to be holy. Are you getting what I'm saying? He is holiness himself. God can never tell Jesus, be holy. Everything in that trust fund was for us. Yeah. 
The same way, listen, Eden to be God. Eden was created for man. That's the same way this redemption was created for us. As a trust fund. You will have the power of the Holy Ghost. You will have his righteousness. You will have his creativity. You will have his nature. You will have his wisdom, his honor, his glory, his virtue. Somebody says, Lord, I give you glory. Where? Lord, I give you glory. I give you honor. Where? I give you wisdom. Hey. I give you riches. Ah. People, people say, people say all sorts. You see, um, to receive glory, honor, and I don't have time to go into that scripture. That's not my teaching. I'm just using that as an illustration. To receive glory, honor, and thou art worthy, O Lord. Worthy, O Lord. To receive glory, honor, and from who? <laughs> from who? From you. He receives glory, honor, and power from you. Hey, Jesus. When we think, we don't even know what we are seeing. He received power from you. Hey, what a powerful you. Wow, I can see how wisdom you are. No, that scripture is in the book of Revelation. All right? It is, you are worthy, O oh Lord. Who is he talking about? Jesus is worthy to receive these things from the Father. Not in need of it, but in trust. To receive it from the Father and give it to you. Because all the while, whilst you are on this earth, it is you that need power. It is you that need honor. It is you that need riches. It is you that need wisdom. So Jesus received it and granted it to you. In trust. Now you know there are some trust fund people that can run away with your trust. (laughs) Just imagine you just say, I lay aside this for my children. The next week you wake up, you are looking for trust fund and trustee and everybody. Otilor, everybody has disappeared. Jesus is holding these things in trust and he himself is a son in the house. He's saying, he's your elder brother and he's holding it in trust and now he has given it to you. Can you shout amen? Amen. If you lived your life like the things you have can never be missing, Mm. it will be a glorious life. Mm. Let me, look at me, look at me. If you lived your life like the things available to you can never be lost. Mm. For example, you can never wake up without wisdom. Mm. It can never be lost. You can never wake up without his righteousness. It can never be lost. If you live your life every day without a consciousness of need and lack, Mm. it's a glorious life you're going to live. Yes, sir. A glorious life. You know, one of the reasons, have you ever, everybody look up at me, have you ever wondered to yourself, why the rich steal more? Have you ever wondered? It hasn't ever dawned on you. Why do the rich, the wealthy, the stupendously wealthy, why do they steal more? Why do they keep stealing and keep stealing and keep stealing more? Because there is no peace that it will remain. They feel like it will always finish. That even if it's 10,000 trillions, it will finish. Do you know the palpitation that gives to the heart? 
to wake up every day thinking it will finish. You will be a thief for the rest of your life. Not you, amen, them. They'll just be stealing. That's why the, the, the theft does not make sense many times. It's the fear of it will finish. Imagine God, by his trust, delivers you from that fear. <laughs> Such that you never have to run out and you never have to have a sense of lack or need. Let me tell you, eh, listen to me, and I'm saying something very powerful. Make sure that in your life, it is redemption that has brought you your morality. Yes. Not your own moral goodness. You will break it one day. If your own moral goodness is the reason why you are moral, you'll break it one day. But if redemption is the basis upon which I will not steal somebody's money, trust me, over a million years, you will never break it. If your personal abilities, the reason why you know that you won't steal, (laughs) one day Sapa will slap you, eh? You would, hey, thank you. It will never start as a big thing, right? It will start as, ah, but it's just 200 to just, just drink Gary. After all, God, you know. Then from 200, it will become 500. From 500, it will become 1,000. And before you know it. Say this with me. Say, the Lord is my source. Say it again. Say, the Lord is my source. Ask your neighbor. Say, ask them. Say, what is wrong with being overly privileged? Ask them. No, t- ask them. Say, no, tell me. What, what is, why are you beefing? Listen, let me tell you this. And I'm speaking prophetically, you guys. I'm speaking prophetically. There's the kind of provision that is coming to your life or that is manifesting in your life that truly people will begin to envy you. Amen. You know, the Bible says, after they saw how Isaac was developing and all. The Bible says, and the Philistines envied him. It's not a today thing. They always envy people who are privileged. They always envy people who are wealthy. It's it's the way the world is. They always envy. The Bible says the Philistines envied him. It wasn't because he walked his way up. It was because God blessed him up. And because God blessed him up, so listen, let me tell you, there's a kind of prosperity you are manifesting that people will be like, uh-uh, is she the only one? Uh, I'm the only one. Praise God. What earthly babies have as a trust fund, heavenly kids like you and I, we have it in our father's wealthy privilege that he left to us. Have you explored the wealth of redemption? Have you actually explored it? I always tell you, many times people live as though I receive nothing. But if you go and sit down and explore the wealth of redemption, my dear, including security forces that at your beck and call. Yes. Hey, you didn't yes. hear me. I said including security forces. Didn't we just read it in the first scripture, our opening scripture? Yes. I'm running ahead of myself. Let me take my time. Are you being blessed? Yes, sir. Exodus chapter number 23 and verse 25. Let's read together. One to go. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. This is trust fund living. You shall serve the Lord, and he will bless your bread and your water. 
You know what it looks like for the Lord to bless your bread? It will keep swelling. <laughs> you know what it looks like for the Lord's hand to be on your bread? And bread is for food, you know? You know what it means for the hand of the Lord to be upon your sustenance? Your preservation. Your well-being, your care. You know what? I will bless your bread. He's not saying, mm, oh dear Lord Jesus. I guess what I'm saying. I will bless. If the Lord's hand is on your bread, that bread will not stop swelling. It will swell to the point. It will swell to the point that it's accommodating more people. Yes. You can call the whole nation and say, come and eat bread. 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 <laughs> bread. Now bless your bread and your water. Now look at it. Two things here that are important for living. I told you in the, uh, the series past. Two things that are important for living. Your bread and your health. Mm. I will take sickness away from you. No matter how wealthy you are. If you are sick in your body. That can never be the will of God. Yeah. You See. Look, look at what the, the, the world system. The power of God is upon what I'm saying. The world system is to make money and spend money. Keeping the health that they lost while they were chasing money. It's a cycle that never ends. I'm chasing money using my health. Then when I get the money, I use the money to get my health back. Amen. Amen. I have gone to work for 30 days. The devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. I have gone to work for 30 days. Now I receive my income and then I'm using it to check my health. The devil is a liar. You have health. You have wealth, and you never have to let anything go for the other. You know, some people spend their wealth keeping their health, and then some people use their health trying to make wealth. One always depletes for the other, but thanks be to God, we never have to lose anyone. Uh, say this with me say, My bread is blessed, my water is blessed, my health is also blessed. Say this with me in the name of Jesus. I don't have to lose my health to get wealth. I have wealth and I have health by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. What I want to tell you, yeah, is that you have come into the family of God. Say, I have come into the family of God. Our king sits at the head of the table. You've got to understand. You know how the dad... How many of you ever watched the, the Godfather? Something Godfather. Eh? The dad sits at the head of the table and gives direction to how things ought to go. You see that dad there is God Almighty giving effective direction to how things ought to play out in your life. You are not alone here now. And I think the time when, one of the times when God loves to show up the most is when things are If I, I dare some of you to go and take me up on this thing I have just said and go and study scripture and check most of God's greatest manifestations of provision was during the times of famine. Go and check. Hmm? So now, now and I'm, God sent me to teach you this thing because the nation we are living in now, things are getting tough. But God told us, you will not reduce the standard of your living. Say amen. amen. Don't, be, don't be getting ready to, to, to bend, to adjust. Make sure that your mind is always free. And we say amen. amen. Glory, hallelujah. 
Now listen to me. The things that I'm teaching you, I am actively working it. I don't have, I don't have time. I want to run. I want to run. I want to run. I want to run. Luke 12, 6 and 7. I'm showing you trust fund conversations. <laughs> if you don't have a trust and your health depended on Nigeria. I, uh, you know, the other day I was in traffic and I saw an ambulance. I saw an ambulance. You know, whilst we were on the traffic, I saw the ambulance. And the ambulance made a U-turn where we were. I said, going back to go. I said, God. Do you know what I said to myself? Um, about maybe because I was in that traffic, maybe 15, maybe 20, maybe 25 minutes. As I was in that traffic for about that 25 minutes, that was when the guy had just managed to turn to the other side and was on the other side. He had not gone anywhere. <laughs> and I said, ah, if somebody was in this emergency and this is actually, you are supposed to get there you know, in maybe two minutes. <laughs> Look at how many minutes that's taking this guy. So it's better not to be in an emergency. Now, let me, let me ask you another question. Are you the kind, you know, the emergency, will, uh, no, this is what this one I'm about to say, it did not enter. You know why? Because let's assume that you timed the sickness very well, that it came at 1 a.m. when the roads are free. Which ambulance will you call at 1 that will respond to you? You know the roads are free. Amen. Say amen, Abi. The roads are free now. So you should get there in like two, maybe, you know. But okay, call the ambulance now. So, brothers and sisters, the Lord gives us health. Amen. The Lord amen. gives us wealth. Amen. He's our real trust fund. Yes, yes. This year looks like your wealthiest year. Amen. No, you didn't hear me. It look, I didn't come here to laugh. I came here to minister to you. It looks like your healthiest year. Amen. By the power of the Holy Ghost. See, let me tell you. That, listen, there's a part that you have to play. All right? Where there's a part that you have to play where you exercise and do all of those things. There's that part, okay? But I'll be lying to you if I tell you God won't keep you in health if you don't play your part. Play your part, please. But you see, the same way redemption was not dependent on you, that's the same way keeping, in you, keeping you in health is not really because of how well you exercise. Even scripture says, bodily exercise profited little. Did you not hear little? Before, you know, why am I saying this? You know, there are people who have exalted their health, health, their workout routine and all of that, more than the provisions of redemption. Yes, Until it dawns on you that you have been working out, somebody has been working out, and now, you know, the big C has shown up. <laughs> you better don't magnify anything above Jesus. Let's read this together. Everybody want to go. And not five sparrows sold for two fattings. And one of them, and sorry, and not one of them is forgotten before God. Hold on, hold on. You know what this scripture is telling you? Sparrows are the least expensive birds. They are so worthless that, I guess what I'm saying? 
and the father doesn't forget them. Yes. Trust fund baby. Ooh, Read this together, everybody. And not five sparrows sold for two fattens, and not one of them is forgotten before God. He says, but even the very heirs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. No matter how I love my wife, I can never number her hair. No matter how much love I have for her, I can never number her hair. It did not say they are counted. It says they are numbered. You know what it means? As you are combing this morning, he knows number six fair. Yes. That's the amount. It's not counted. It is numbered. So, number six that fell, he knows. Nobody has that kind of time to be detailed about you. Like this trust fund. So, if he has time to count her, just imagine that, just imagine that my wife has not eaten all day. All day, Monday, all day, Tuesday. But I can count her hair. I say, baby, I love you so much. I'm counting your hair. <laughs> counting your hair. I love you so much. You know, by the third day, she'll, she'll stand up and say, baby, are you, <laughs> what, what is going on here? <laughs> I know you're counting my hair, but the proof that you love me is go and make sure that I'm not starving. What I'm trying to say is that for God to get to the point where he's counting your hair, he has sorted out the big stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 She, she, our people in Gomi, she, she in Gomi, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying at all? <laughs> Woo! Glory to God! You know, these things should make you rejoice. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Now, I want to show you, I'll just use the remaining time I have. Second Peter, chapter number one, from verse two. I'll show you that. Maybe touch one more thing, and we'll call it a day. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. All right. Let's read together, everybody. One to go. Give me the King James first. Mm -hmm. All right, let's read together, everybody. Want to go? It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord. Now, is there a comma there? Is there a comma in your Bible? It means the conversation has not finished. Let's read it again. Grace and what? Peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our, and Jesus our Lord. Next verse. Let's read together. Everybody want to go. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So listen, this trust fund I'm teaching you about is yours through knowledge, through the knowledge of him. Many people want to make money through the knowledge of money. Make money through the knowledge of him. 
Listen, look at me. God will show you how to make money faster than your brain can accept. Hey, ah. Okay. Let me say that again. God will show you how to make money faster than your brain can process. So let's read it again. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue. Now, let me teach. I want to, I want to just show you a couple of things. It says his divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life and godly living. He didn't just say everything that pertains to godly living. He says to life and godliness. In other words, listen, you have all that it takes to be godly. Godliness is a Greek, a Greek word that points to piety with God. Piety towards God. In other words, without the provisions of redemption, you would not have what it takes to, be piety, to have piety towards God. Godly living wouldn't have been possible without what Jesus has done. Yes, Say amen. amen. Good. So his divine power has given to us all things that pertains to life. In other words, did I write this scripture? Is, is, is this scripture of me? It says God has given you all things that pertain to life. In other words, to living in this life. Does oxygen pertain to life? Yes. God has given freely. Amen. So we start from as basic as oxygen to every other thing that pertains to life. Rent, whatever it is. All things that pertain to life. In fact, um, all that translate, put, put the NLT. Put the NLT. Let's read it together. It says, the, 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 okay, let's read it together. One to go. It says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Do you see this? So God has given you everything you need for godly living. Now listen to this. I'm going to say two things here. The first thing is that people must come to realize that godly living is not a depraved kind of living. In other words, godly living does not mean that you are, you are, you are not going to enjoy every other thing else. You know, many people think that living godly means that you're going to have to forfeit things. You're going to have to forfeit a good life. You're going to have to forfeit this. You're going to... No, living godly simply means that you are living above the limitations of this life. Now, God has provided that. So everything that pertains to life and to godly living. But I want you to look at this, the first line there. It says, I want us to read it together and stop. It says, by his divine power. Wow. So the thing that is powering this trust fund is his divine power. I want to show you something about this power. Ephesians. Go there very quickly and then we'll come back here. Are you following this? 
Ephesians chapter number one, 19 and verse, Ephesians chapter number 1, 19 and 20. All right, can we read it together? You're going to see something very interesting. You're going to see something very interesting. Let's read this together, everybody. Want to go? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Look at this. Look at the character of this power. Next verse. Which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So listen. The power, he says, according as his divine power, has given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. It was the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That same power is what is trust, is what is powering your trust fund. In other words, let me put it like this. So the power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that God has deployed in taking care of you. Same power. Ah. Mm. Say, I get this. The power that God deployed. You know he took God's power to raise Jesus from the dead. The power that God deployed to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that God is using to care for the believer today. Hi! My Lord Jesus. Listen, without the death, burial, and especially the resurrection of Jesus, there will be no believer today. So God had to deploy all his power to bring Christ from the dead, to raise him up. Listen, Jesus was, he did not just sleep and wake up. He was raised from the dead. Listen, here's the other thing you need to understand. Jesus did not raise himself from the dead. You know, when you sleep, you wake up by yourself. If somebody has to come and wake you up, you know that there's a problem. As far, maybe you've been sleeping for four days, five days, and now somebody has to come and start trying to resuscitate. That's resuscitation. That's not waking up. I get what I'm saying? So Jesus did not get up from the dead by himself. It was a trust. Listen. When, God, when Jesus accepted to die for us, it was in trust that God had the power to raise him up. If God could not pull off that resurrection, there would have been a problem. Yes. <laughs> I get what I'm saying? Okay. Mm. I don't know what, what um, example I'm going to try to use, but yeah, let me use this one. Let me use the submerging submarine. All of us enter. You lock door from outside. <laughs> I get what I'm saying? Now we're going down. We're going down. If, if, you see, this thing is in trust. We trust that you have what it takes to bring this thing back up. If this thing cannot come back up, we are all finished. That was exactly how Jesus felt when he gave himself for you. I trust God that he has the power enough to raise me up from the dead. Now, the power that God deployed in raising Jesus from the dead is the same power that he's using to sustain the believer today. Hey, hey. Let me ask you, did resurrection happen? No, answer me. Church, did resurrection happen? Oh, resurrection happened. Oh, boy, your trust fund cannot happen because you you have a big head. Hmm? No, your trust fund cannot happen because, ah, pastor, do you know know where I've been? 
We used to live under the rock. Rain used to fall in our house. Rain, listen. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power aiding you. Let me tell you something about the military. If you want to enter, the Nigerian Defense Academy is so competitive. When I was in command, when I was in the military school, in command, command is a military school, amen? Yes, when I was in military school, bar, we, I had the ambition of entering NDA. And they told me at that time, today it has changed. They say it's now five. But no, I think it's about 10 or 15 now. If Victor was here, he would have confirmed. But at that time, it was like five in each state. Such, and that five, eh, it will have to be based on the power backing you. That is who you know that knows who that knows who. I guess what I'm saying. So when you show up before the examiner, hey, the power of God is upon this. It won't be on the weight of whether you qualify. It will be on the weight of what power is backing you. Now, the Bible says, according as he put that, put that, put that first Peter scripture. The Bible says, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So as you do life and as you experience godly living, think about the power that raised Christ from the dead. Is my backing, you know, you sing this song, I get back, you know. And some of you think that, you know, some of you don't understand, you know, you just sing, I get back, in. It is that the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is what is behind you, giving you the aid in life. Okay, correct me if I am wrong. When they set up a trust fund, to authenticate the trust fund, there has to be a seal, something that shows that this thing is valid. That's what I'm telling you. God set up a trust for you in Christ Jesus, and his power is the seal. So for you not to arrive in life, it means the power failed. Same way for Jesus not to rise from the dead, the power of God failed. And the last thing that will ever happen is for the power of God to fail. You know what I'm giving you? I'm giving you ammunition. You know, as I was driving to church this morning, the Spirit of God reminded me of one of the things he has asked us to do. To dissolve doubts. Clearing doubts and dissolving doubts is till all doubt is clear. In other words, I will bombard you with realization and rema and revelation and truth until all your doubts are dissolved about my ability over your life. That's the way the power of God works. There's no doubt that as I'm talking to you now. There might be doubts in your mind. Eh, but pastor, there's a place you left out. Pastor, ah, have you thought about my own unique experience? Have you thought about my own unique? Wait, let me ask you a question. Your unique experience past the power of God? No, you know, one day I was reading healing scriptures, okay? And it dawned on me that the Bible says that if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall revitalize your mortal body. And people read that and they are normal. Listen, all that a person's body, before a person dies, all that their body is, is sick. Hmm? And that sickness might be growing in stages. When they say something is chronic, I'm married to a doctor, so I know. When they say something is chronic, it means it's been there for a long time. The chances of healing a chronic is 
slimmer than the chances of healing something that just started. Yes, then when a person dies, <laughs> Sama, this spirit of God raised Jesus' dead body. Then it's your all sides, not him. Okay, let's put it like this. Equate anything in terms of death. If a person has been cancer-ridden and the cancer is now stage 4, have they died? No, if they have not died, the spirit that raised Jesus' dead body can revitalize that cancer-ridden body. It's actually an illustration unto trust that if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it's a small job. All he needs to do is quicken your mortal body. Glory to God. Say, I'm powered. Hallelujah. How many of you know you have a trust fund? Let me see your hands up. How many of you really know what is powering this trust fund? The power of the Holy Ghost. Say amen. amen. Say, I have all things, have all things that, pertain to life that pertain to life and godly living. And godly living. Say it again. Say, I have all things, have all things that, pertain that pertain to life and godly living. And godly living. One more time. I have all things, have all things that, pertain that pertain to life and godly living. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 8. I'm going to read that from the NIV. And then I'll be done. Let's read from the King James first. Put the King James up. What, what translation is this? Oh, really? Oh, you got it. Oh, lovely. Put the King James first. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Can you lift up your hands and say, thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Now, look at what it says. It says, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them. Can you say all them? All them. Also that love his appearing. Now, put it in the NIV, and I want to show you something. Put it in the NIV. Great. Now look at what it says. It says, now there is in store for me. That's what a trust fund is. It's in store for you. Something that has been stored up for you. But look at this. It says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, all right, will award to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have longed for his appearing. Now, Paul is speaking, I have fought a good fight. The verse 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the cause. I have kept the faith. Now, he mentioned something. I want everybody to please pay attention to this. He mentioned something that is very important, that if you don't have eyes, you will miss. He said there is a crown of righteousness that is laid up in store for me that I'm going to receive on that day. It gives you the picture, all right? That when I get to heaven, I will receive the crown of righteousness. But guess what? The crown of righteousness was not made the day you got to heaven. Yes, 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 yes. The crown of righteousness has been yours long before you got to heaven. 
He says it is stored up, laid up. And people will think, oh, it's stored up for me. When I get there, I'll receive it. But it is stored up in the sense that whilst you were here, you were living from the crown. Oh. Whew. Have you ever heard the concept in, in Britain? It is, it is heir to the crown. And there is a concept called living out of the crown. In other words, the heritage of the crown. Crown people know they buy things. So this stored up crown, yeah, that I will receive physically when I get to heaven has been the instrument of transaction all the while I was on earth. I've been living out of my crown. I've been receiving out of my crown. It is in store. This trust fund baby. There is a crown of right. Hello? Only Paul has a crown of righteousness. No, sir. Oh, no, no, no. Only Paul has a crown of righteousness. No, because he's a saint. A liquefied saint. Brothers and sisters, you, you have the crown of righteousness? Yes, sir. Is it in store for you? Yes, are you going to receive it when you see Jesus face to face? Now we are living out of that crown of righteousness right now. It's in store. We are taking. If you understand? Let me put it like this. This righteousness is not just a nature. It's also capital. It's also how we make progress and how we move forward. When you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, this righteous man prayed. I get something. It's a transaction too. Righteousness is a transaction too. God will receive, God will, you know, give to the righteous man. So it's not, just a, it's not just a religious nature that you know you used to boast. It's also a transaction too. The righteous is saved in all things. The righteous prospers like the palm tree. It's a transaction. God looks at a man's righteousness and then aids him. So now people are living with the crown of righteousness. You should live here on earth as though you have a royal bloodline which is what it is, a royal lineage. Now, how are you funded? I'm funded by the crown. Oh, you've not seen our our crown prince. Uh, He doesn't doesn't lie. He doesn't delay. I get what I'm saying. He's not irresponsible. He knows what he's doing. He's laid up stuff for me. Now, guess what? How did Paul know he's laid up for him if he has not been eating out of it? How did he know? Some of you, you see, that's the problem. Many of you think that God is just here to show you your sweet by and by. You know, there are people whose only hope in this life and in this journey, all right, is, oh, I know that I'm going to see him one day face to face. They know they'll see him one day face to face, and I know that when I see him, there'll be no more sickness. Okay, I agree that you have accepted but why do we have to wait? You know, listen, ah, the power of God is upon this. And I'm closing now. Listen, are you, are, are you aware, eh, Jenny, that it's the same life that is simply transitioning? Yeah. Uh, no, G, G, you don't change life when you transition. It's the same life. Listen, if it could flow to you there, why not now? It's the same life. My brother, you're not going to be taller or darker or shorter. Or anything when you transit. It's the same you. You just move. You you switch identity and you switch body. 
It's actually a switch of body. You, you put off corruption. You put on incorruptible. It's a switch of body. Same you. So what it means is that if heaven can locate you when you transition, heaven can also locate you when you are here. Because it's one life. So you don't need to wait until you get there to receive what the crown has for you. Angels recognize you here too. They know your name here too. They know your address here too. So that crown of righteousness, he would not have known of it if he was not chopping out of it when he was here. The guy had chopped out of it so much when he was here. He had chopped out of it. He had done big things out of it. Amen. Amen. Because let me tell you, it's only by that revelation that it's available to me that any normal man can do big things. Otherwise, the same things that pull down men will pull you down. It's only with this understanding that people rise. Without a revelation. So, you know, you can sit down and say, ah, this crown of righteousness is mine already. The only difference is that, like an award, when you get to heaven, you will now receive your gold medal. But it doesn't mean that you cannot be doing transactions with your crown of righteousness even now. It's an identity, it's a royalty language that let's give our citizens crowns. But that crown is not yours when you get to heaven. That crown is yours now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it is the power of God that forms this thing. So brothers and sisters, why don't you live your life aided, sponsored by the Spirit? Glory to God forevermore. Rise to your feet and pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody. I want you to lift up your voice, pray in the Spirit, everybody. If you've heard the Word of God, I live my life funded. Glory, hallelujah. I want to hear your voices. Pray in the Spirit, everybody. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life with this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Share.